welcome to Happy News Network. We are here to brighten your week while you take a break from doom scrolling. I'm Kristen. And I'm Shayna. We wanted to brighten social media, so we decided to make a podcast all about happy news. Join us as we discuss our happy news finds. Shayna, what is your happy news this week? More food. Um, (laughs) I love lemon zest Luna bars. I think it's because when I was a kid, my aunt introduced them to me on a hiking trip. And I just, I've always loved them for the novelty and memory of it. Uh, And I discovered on a Luna box several weeks ago that they had participated in an equal pay campaign for the U.S. women's national soccer team. So they helped uh, donate money to create equal paychecks for them to make their their earnings equal and it was it was really cool it was like the whole section of the back of the box was about this so I have been eating my way through Luna Bar sampler packs to find my favorite and make sure that it's not just lemon zest that I love and it's kind of like the healthy hippie version of tasting the rainbow like this little <laughs> campaign so it's like the hiking bar version of that I love that I'm so here for everything about yeah. that yeah (laughs) more food (laughs) but enough about my love of protein bars what's your happy news well I know in like December November like around the holidays all I could talk about was decorating for Mm -hmm. Christmas and how much joy it brings me so in order to always have something to look forward to I've totally become like a Pinterest stay-at-home mom and I'm now like everything's decorated for Valentine's Day. And now everything is decorated currently for St. Patrick's Day, which is not a holiday that I typically celebrate or know really anything about. But changing things from red to now green to next is going to be yellow for some Easter business. Like I just need to have that structure, I I guess. I love it. So yeah, it's been a fun time. It's been a fun, weird time. And I'm hey, you're working it. your way through the color wheel, the holiday wheel. There's never <laughs> enough holidays to go around as we've figured out ways to celebrate every single day of the year. Um, I love it. I can't wait to see right. pictures of all the different decorations. Right. I'm like, I'm 30 now. And next up in my living room, I'm going to have a big live, laugh, love poster. Like, let's just dive right into it. Let's commit to the bit. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> what is your first happy article? We're going to go on a scenic lighthouse trip. We're going to go to Long Island's uh, Montauk shoreline. Uh, like many shorelines, uh, the they have been seeing erosion for a while and they have a historic uh, lighthouse and that shoreline has seen erosion whittling the distance from the lighthouse to the shore from 300 feet. Now it's about 100 feet. So it's about a third of what it should be. And uh, thanks to a $30.7 million uh, state and federal initiative, their shoreline will undergo a two-year renovation. And yeah, that number is really stunning. And it shows the expense that comes with uh, climate change and the effects of global warming and all of it. Um, The cost of maintaining life is very, very expensive. what whereas the cost of going a little greener with our daily products kind of offsets it like it's been very interesting to compare the costs um so back to the lighthouse um it's a national landmark that was commissioned by george washington himself and it was built in 1796 so this is a very historic uh lighthouse um the erosion reduction itself will include 
the removal and they're going to reuse um, existing five and 10 ton armor stones. They're going to stabilize a slope. Um, they're going to use vegetation planting above the upper rock wall of the coast's uh, rock wall. So this is a, they are hitting the erosion from all sides. It sounds like they're going to do their best not only to stop erosion, but to restore some of the shoreline. It looks like that's part of the goals. And uh, this is a 30-year project in the making. Uh, about 30 years ago, the Montauk Historical Society began asking for an engineered solution to protect their lighthouse. And this is a really big deal because the historic uh, lighthouse is currently undergoing a $1 million exterior restoration. So while a million dollars sounds like a lot, it, it is going to last 100 years. And I think... Uh, hopefully when this restoration is complete, it also lasts a century. So we can have uh, some really nice long lasting shorelines and preserved uh, buildings from around the country. That's incredible. And yeah, I mean, it is so expensive to deal with all this, but like you mm -hmm. said, it'll last another hundred years. So yeah. And we've talked a lot about the Eastern coast and all the different green activity that goes on. And uh, we've talked about seagrass and seawalls. And so I just thought it was kind of a neat way to put it all together for people who are maybe uh, who, who are maybe from the East Coast and have seen this themselves. Yeah, that's incredible. I love that. Yeah. Um, I have a much more modern story. Um, TikTok, whatever that is. I am not on TikTok. I don't, social media is foreign to me. Um, anyway, but this story reminded me of the whole purpose really of the creation of social media which is just bringing people together who would not normally be together um so athlete jimmy Choi posted a video of himself trying to get his parkinson's medication out of its bottle and it was obviously a huge struggle but it's kind of like well it is what it is this is just what i have to deal with until now so Jimmy posted that video on TikTok and through a series of like domino effects and interactions with strangers, desires to do good, there now exists a pill bottle specifically for folks with Parkinson's. And it takes less plastic than that of a McDonald's toy. And the creators are like, this also needs to cost about the same as a McDonald's toy. Like there's no reason that it should be overpriced just because it's like a niche product that not everybody needs. Um, but yeah, this team of strangers that met on TikTok to create this pill bottle for folks with Parkinson's, they're in talks with major developers to have this pill bottle mass produced and available to anyone who needs it with the goal of having it at a low affordable cost. So I just think that's a really cool reminder of like, the good that social media can do because we talk a lot about doom scrolling and how horrible social media is but it also can be amazing like this yeah I was like that is incredible because like some guy saw the video and made a 3d model of it but he didn't have a 3d printer so this other guy had a 3d printer and took the other guy's design and printed it himself and then somebody else improved upon it and then somebody so it's just like amazing yeah. it's just as amazing to me and they're none of them are like they're not all like they're not all from denver colorado like they're from all across the universe like it's craziness 
it's like amazing. a relay race using social media platforms as a way to hand off the baton and, and find your next runner in the race, so to say. Exactly. Like I did this. Really Can you cool. make it better? And then do this. Great. And then I did that. Can you make it better and do this? Like, yeah. I also just... really love what you said that it's meant to not be some expensive niche item like can't we can we can we make that a motto for so many of the new products getting created I I think that's really beautiful that the initiative isn't just meant to make life easier it's meant to make it also affordable yeah and I did read that in their trials with this pill bottle anybody who was willing to try be part of like the sample test group their only cost was if you show me that you donated $5 or more to the Michael J. Fox Parkinson's foundation, we'll give you this pill bottle for free. I was like, hello. Done. Yes. Brilliant. Done. That's so great. Well, this is also a bit of a win-win situation. Um, So the late, great Alex Trebek left behind this beautiful, beautiful act of kindness. Um, So his Jeopardy wardrobe was donated to the Doe Fund. And the Doe Fund is uh, the Trebek's uh, family organization, and it provides paid work, housing, vocational services, uh, continuing education, and comprehensive social services to underserved Americans who have histories of addiction or homelessness or incarceration. And uh, they've got a ready, willing, and able reentry program, and the clothes were donated to this program so that people could wear the clothing for job interviews. And according to the inventory, uh, in total, 58 dress shirts, 300 neckties, 14 suits, nine sports coats, 15 belts, nine pairs of dress shoes, and like lots and lots of other clothing and, and dress items were donated so people could go have job interviews and develop professional Uh, wardrobes for themselves. And on that note, regarding Alex Trebek and his commitment to the Doe Fund, the Jeopardy executive producer, Mike Richards said, during his last day on set, Alex extolled the virtues of everyone opening up their hands and their hearts to those who are suffering. Donating his wardrobe to those who are working to rebuild their lives is the perfect way to begin to honor that last request. So how could you not share something like that? What a what a beautiful, beautiful action to take. Yeah, that is incredible. Just an all-around good human. And it's like a great example mm-hmm. of people using their celebrity for good and not just like, mm-hmm. here's my bubbly personality on screen and off screen, I'm a nightmare. It's like, well, <laughs> actually, it's okay that you like me. I'm a good person. <laughs> totally, totally. And it sounds like they have done a huge range of work with a specific focus. And it makes me think where, where can I donate my clothing to that? It has a really direct impact instead of just goodwill or something like that. Uh, so it, it definitely inspires to at least find local versions of, of donating that way. Yeah. I love that. So we talk about universes on here, like quite often, like Marvel and star Wars. Well, I found an article that Lord of the Rings fans are trying to raise six million U.S. dollars to buy J.R.R. Tolkien's home in Oxford, England. So they've created a charity group. It's called Project Northmore. Northmore is the street that this house is on. And their plans for the home are to turn it into like a huge literary center with year-round programming for all kinds of writers, like playwrights, novelists, screenwriters, 
everybody that writes has some kind of a workshop specifically geared toward them at this location. Like the kicker is the fundraising. So they have to raise at least $5.3 million to purchase the home. And then the rest of it, like the point seven million left is for renovations and curating the workshops and classes and they have a kickstarter going and if you want to donate or read more about it it's projectnorthmore.org and you can sign up for their newsletter and get all kinds of like J.R.R. Tolkien fun facts and things anyway it just looks like a really cool way to like use your fandom to help you know he was like J.R.R. Tolkien was like this huge writer in during world war one way to like take his land and legacy and continue that and help educate people and yeah just like spreading the love a little bit I'm loving this that's beautiful it's a and it's also a way to sort of preserve history yeah yeah a lot of things that have been mentioned in the articles that I was reading about the home are like original world war one things like the bell system you know like if you watch Downton Abbey, there's like the bells and you're like, oh, like Kristen needs me up in this drawing room. Like, okay, that system is still in this house. And they're like, we're not trying to get rid of it. And it's not on any kind of like historical preserve or anything. So mm-hmm. they, they just want to do that without the official like plaque. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, oh, that's really beautiful. Yeah. And I, I don't know, like as a fan of his work, I, I'm so inspired that more hardcore fans, uh, have joined forces in a way that's uh, productive for preserving the history in in a way that also allows other writers to uh, find safety and find resources. Yeah, so I'm excited about this and I hope they have until the end of March to raise the funds. So a couple more weeks, fingers crossed. Uh, On a different sort of book note, there is a budding vegan chef in my college town. And I read the article and I was like, I have to talk about this. Uh, Trey Sean Leggett has been cooking since he was 13. And the now 22 year old grew up in Charlotte, North Carolina, now lives in Winston-Salem. And he's gradually moved away from animal products for the last four years. And he recently launched a cookbook called The Beginner's Dozen Recipes for Transitioning Vegans, Volume One. So the book is 13 recipes, the baker's dozen of uh, home cooked soul, soul food inspired uh, vegan recipes. And uh, it's so cool. He's been inspired by other black vegans and wants to show that veganism isn't about um, white girls who love avocado toast. Um, (laughs) There is there are many layers to veganism. And uh, his cooking focuses on the soul foods he grew up eating and how he's developed the vegan versions of those recipes. So the idea of giving up too much in terms of flavor or dish composition and the overly complicated recipes, it's uh, they're sort of, I guess, opposing ends of the scale that make people intimidated to go vegan uh, or disinterested. And so he wants, uh, home cooked vegan meals that embrace that soul food background and his recipes include things like cornbread or Jamaican beef patties. So it sounds really good. Uh, and there's a lot more to his cooking than, um, you know, just like a basic raw vegetables, like his, his vegan cooking isn't a salad and, uh, all the ingredients can be bought at mainstream stores, maybe the occasional trip to an Asian market, but nothing that's too niche or specialty. Uh, everything is pretty, you know, uh, widely sourced and, 
if his recipes call for a type of non-meat protein, it's it's like a general beef crumble or something like that. It's something anyone can find and use. He's hoping to help people see veganism as an acceptable lifestyle through his simple dishes with that with that twist. And uh, I don't know, it's kind of neat to see uh, different chefs develop their own flavors. And we constantly talk about food and cooking. And I love seeing young people embrace new waves of trends and sort of make it their own. So I'm really inspired by this. Yeah, I love that. I'm definitely going to have to check that. I wrote it down on a separate note so I don't lose it. I love it. Um, So we talk about maybe maybe it's online but a lot offline Shana and I talk about our love and like hope for Gen Z like Gen Z is nailing it everything that we see Gen Z doing and the the young people that we get to interview on this podcast are like incredible and they blow our minds and we're so excited for the future that they're creating for us um so I read this really cute article about this 10 year old his name is Christian Stone and he lives in Rhode Island And a lot of the country has been dealing with a ton of snow recently. And Christian and his friend, Abby Meeker, they did a truly selfless act. I could not imagine doing this at 10 years old. So I'm blown away by this. During one of the recent snowfalls up in Rhode Island, they went to their local hospital just before the change of shift and cleaned the snow off of all the employees' vehicles. And like, there's a video of the two of them. And I mean, they are freezing. Abby said she had to change her clothes. Abby's like 29. I think she helped drive him around and helped like just saw his passion and was like, nobody wants to do this. So I'll do it. I will help you drive around to help you clean off these cars and she's like oh it's she quote she said it sucked and I was like oh relatable (laughs) but she's like I changed my clothes like three times because it was snow and I was just getting soaked and it was so cold but in the interview Christian was just like he just said that it was something he really wanted to do to help get people home to their families. One nurse said it took her two hours to drive home because of the weather. So the fact she didn't have to clean off her car and take another like 10, 15 minutes was just, she was so thankful, so grateful for it. And he said that they help us. So he wanted to give something back and that staff was trying to pay him. And he absolutely refused. There were only two nurses who were like, if you don't take this money, I'm going to be upset. And he was like, okay, I don't want you to be upset. So I'll take it. So he made $20 cleaning off 80 vehicles for, yeah, for these employees of the hospital. And like, to make it even more fun, they said that they would just like, see somebody walking out the hospital door and hear a car horn beep and like race to the car and try to clean it off before people got there. Or they would like just be finishing as the doctor arrived and the doctors are like, oh my God, what? This is incredible. So anyway, I thought it was super cute. And they ended up going, yeah, 80 cars in four different parking lots at this one change of shift. So I loved that story. Maybe not the best business model, but we love a good act (laughs) of kindness around here. What a beautiful, beautiful story. Yeah. Right. I was like, he's not doing it to make like hundreds of dollars cleaning driveways. Mm -hmm. He's doing it to show appreciation and to give back to these people who have worked so hard the last year. So. That's so sweet. I uh, I don't dislike the snow. I just don't like it enough to go stand out there and shovel randomly. Uh, so my hat goes off to him and uh, Abby, is it? Yeah. 
Yeah. Hats off to her for being a trooper so that a 10 year old, you know, doesn't have to go do this by himself. Um, uh, I think uh, what a cute little, I was picturing two 10 year olds and you're like, she's 29. I was like, oh, me and a 10 year old. Great. Yeah. Um, Yeah. uh, yeah, I just, there's something so sweet about the innocence of youth and their energy and the fact that they, they don't think, oh, but it's going to be cold and it's going to be this. And it's good. They just say, well, I want to go do a thing. And, and there's, there's this beautiful, uh, blissfulness to so much that they do that it, it is very infectious and inspiring. So, yeah, just even all the young people that we've talked to for our mm-hmm. mini-sodes and stuff. And they're like, well, I wanted to give back. So I did. And I'm like, yeah, duh. Like, it's just as easy as like, I want to do this good thing. Why don't I just go do this good thing? But I'm like, I know well, the logistics of it all. Like, just do it, Kristen. Shut up. <laughs> Be more like a 10-year-old and Nike. Like, just do it. <laughs> just do it. Love it. What are you yes. looking forward to this coming week? Oh man. So thinking about vegan cooking, I have been meaning to make little, I bought these little miniature squash zucchinis and uh I want to make a vegan beef, like a stuffed zucchini. And so uh, I've been meaning to make it and now thinking about this article and talking about it, I think I might actually make it tonight. Oh, yes. That sounds so good. Yeah. And I love, I make a really good red sauce from scratch. And so I, I think that'll be sort of the base for forever. Yeah. Getting creative in the kitchen. It feels nice. Um, so what are you, uh, what are you looking forward to? As the person that always makes the schedules for everything, I just am so excited to see that daylight savings is in a couple days, which means more sun, longer daytime. I'm here for it. Please and thank you. (laughs) Pumped about it. Let's go. Let's let's get to warmer months. (laughs) I agree. And I imagine that in Colorado, there's been a fair amount of snow. And so you're probably ready to not have so much. Yeah. It's a bit chilly, but like the secret to Colorado is that the sun comes out and then it all melts. So it's cold for a while, but then it's normal and fine. But yeah, yeah, I'm really pumped for daylight savings. Thank you. I am happy as well. I think, thank you for the reminder that it is coming because I, I always forget till it's like, oh, spring ahead. Oh man, I lost an hour of sleep. I always forget about it. So thank you. Yeah. love all forms of happy news and happenings. Be sure to send us your own day-to-day happy news, cute pet stories, kids saying the darndest things, whatever you're up to, we love it all. Email us at hnnpodcast at gmail.com. Also follow us on social media at hnnpodcast for happy news throughout the week. And be sure to subscribe to us through Patreon where you'll get exclusive content and more. Until next time, I'm Kristen. And I'm Shayna. Have Have a a happy happy week. week.